I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about to cloud or not to cloud. We're talking about where to host your server infrastructure, the difference between private and public cloud, and how to choose the best options for your business. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of where to host your business server resources. I'm joined by Abdul Musa from CoCreate. Welcome, Abdul. Uh, thanks, Yaku, and thanks for having me this morning. I think it's a very interesting topic. Um, just maybe to introduce myself. Yes, please. My name is Abdul Musa. I've been in this industry for probably going on 20 years. I uh, started off as an engineer, so I've seen the evolution of many things, and I think this word that we're using, cloud, is quite interesting because uh, most people think it's a new concept, but it's not, and I think there's also misunderstandings of what cloud is. But just where I fit in today in terms of the, this industry, um, I provide a lot of advisory services to our end customers. Uh, I was previously with a company called Fujitsu, which is now CoCreate, as you've just mentioned. And uh, I look forward to the discussion this morning. Thank you for that intro. So let's get right into it. Um, and you know, I've now had a lot of these discussions. So, and as you rightly pointed out now, it's almost like, uh, you know, technology goes in a circle where there's new concepts, but it's actually the same concepts that just gets rehashed. So there's, and what we try and do is try and make, uh, concepts real for, for the listeners and our customers. Um, so, there's premise-based hardware, there's private cloud, there's public cloud. Can you just give us a quick explanation of what each of these options are so that when a business owner thinks about it, they know how to position it in their mind? Most definitely. I think if we just talk about cloud in general, um, there's a few options that we look at. And if we go back to, let's call it the old days of where people actually needed a place to run their applications, because that's the main thing. Um, businesses need something to actually support a process, and that's in the form of an application. And in a traditional sense, you would need something called a server infrastructure to run some type of centralized application, and in turn, that would drive a specific business outcome. Uh, most of those approaches were taken in terms of what we call on-premise. So a customer would own a server room or their own data center, and they would have some type of network connectivity from the end users into this network room or facility, and the servers hosting those applications within that facility would be deemed as an on-premise solution. That by itself uh, meant you needed a lot of skill sets in terms of either the customer having IT personnel that they would employ, and these people would typically manage this infrastructure on a day-to-day -day basis. With a lot of companies realizing that um, the mundane IT backend support systems is not their core business, it brought about another concept called private cloud. So looking at something where you could take away the pains of managing a data center facility, managing your own piece of equipment, and putting that into what we call a private cloud option. And that is typically a service provider that would offer you a dedicated piece of infrastructure. You are uh, possibly the only tenant on that it's secure and you're getting the same type of offering that you would on premise but uh, in a different location taking away different problems 
We then bring about this concept called public cloud. And in this space, uh, it's also intertwined with the word hyperscaler. Mm. And hyperscalers are the likes of uh, your Microsofts, your AWSs, your Googles, your Oracles, and so forth, which is a platform that consumes multi-tenants. So many people consume the same piece of infrastructure, but they get economies of scale because the more people that consume these services, um, the cheaper it should become in theory. And that's a different discussion. (laughs) That's in theory because I think there's a promise. But in a nutshell, um, people are looking at these options going, well, what is the right place for my applications? Is it still the on-prem? Is it the private cloud option where it's dedicated to me and maybe there's certain benefits to that or do I go with the big boys as I've articulated public hyperscale cloud where you get economies of scale potentially and there's multiple tenants. So thank you for that. I think that's that's quite a nice kickoff. Um, I was thinking about it this morning. I think um, uh, in the technology space we like our new toys so when whenever there's a new concept like the hyperscalers uh, coming out Everybody likes to go and play, and like you say, then uh, maybe when we look back, we go, okay, maybe that wasn't the best or the or the or the easiest or the cheapest option. So on to the next uh, question in immediately. So what would be the main reason to move your servers into the cloud? So I think that's uh, a loaded question. So there's many facets to it. Um, I think at the highest level, we need to understand what a business is trying to achieve in terms of business outcomes and it lends itself to a concept called digital transformation and especially where we find ourselves in this pandemic business models are changing quite rapidly and by business models changing we mean leveraging technology more efficiently to deliver services in a digital form because if you think about how people consume services today if your supplier or the consumer doesn't have access to a digital channel they typically shy away from purchasing Um, and we've seen specifically in the retail environment where it's evolved from brick and mortar to online shopping experience and we've seen some massive uh, moves in that space i think if we look locally guys like take a lot have uh, come a long way from where they were previously i don't think anybody would have imagined a few years ago that a business like take a lot would be relevant today um, because most people wanted the shopping experience where you walk into a mall and physically purchase Mm. something yeah but with that being said the the question that you've asked is you know why move into the cloud? And if we tie it back to this digital philosophy, it's around businesses wanting to leverage technology in a more efficient and effective way. So meaning they need a place where they've got stability, number one. Applications are key in terms of driving uh, specific business models. And when we talk about that at the very basic level, it refers to uptime. Are these services always on? Uh, how many times have you been frustrated when you tried to apply for something online and the service was unavailable? You know, immediately it created a bad perception about the service you were consuming. So having that stability, I think, is the first entry point into cloud. Okay, so let's make it real. Um, I'm a small business. I've got three branches, Joburg, Durban, Cape Town, and I've got um, three servers at my head office uh, in that server room, which is 
typically like a dodgy little back room with uh, bad ventilation and uh, and, a, and a rack or two. Um, I would then take those servers and and take it into some form of a data center facility, which now gives me different types of costs. But what would motivate me to go and do that? So I think your first pain point specifically in this country would be, do you have power continuously <laughs> to your facility? <laughs> and power is probably electronics' worst enemy because uh, yes. you have all okay. different uh, challenges that comes with not having uh, continuous power flow to uh, the equipment. And then you've obviously got other facility aspects like cooling and uh, bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. And that causes stability issues. So the first step for a customer that's got that amount of servers, three servers as an example, which is typically an SMME or a QSE type customer, mid-sized business, is move it into a hosting facility. Um, and this is probably where it borders on the discussion of private cloud and hosting to create the stability where, okay. you know, your information is secure. Because the other aspect you need to consider is, is my information secure in the facility that it's housed in? Because theft is something else that also needs to be considered. You know, yes. People break in, they steal your physical equipment. What does that mean in terms of your data moving with that equipment? So by just moving it, you've come a long way in creating that stability. Okay, okay. And then, okay, so, uh, then the next question then is um, this conundrum that you've now uh, touched on. So... I've now decided, I understand the benefits of moving into the cloud. Now it's uh, this question, public versus private cloud. How, how do I make that decision? So there's always been this myth where most businesses thought, well, lift and shift, throw everything into the cloud and all my problems are gone. <laughs> and it comes back to this um, philosophy of outsourcing. In the olden days, companies looked at a model that said, if it's not our core business, outsource it to somebody and we can get the benefits. And I think it was used as a blanket approach for cloud initially, especially mm. when the hyperscalers uh, came about. And they said, give us your problem and it disappears and you continue running your business. However, it's not that easy. And the reason for that is most companies today still sit with legacy applications and they sit with quite a lot of complexities that's involved in terms of running those systems. Some of those complexities could be around cost points. Um, cost is a big factor when you're considering where to move your workloads. The other one is the speed at which you can access those workloads. So not everybody has the budgets, unfortunately, to create these big networks of pipes that can terminate mm. into these big cloud providers. Um, and that's also consideration. Data privacy, data sovereignty, and cloud policies are something that haven't been thought through um, End to end. So what I often recommend is customers look at an approach that says horses for courses. Where does public cloud actually make sense and where does it not? And if we can maybe just unpack that uh, quickly. Okay. So if you look at the investments that's been made from the hyperscalers today, a lot of the traditional type hosting facilities where it's classified as infrastructure as a service or platform as a service where it caters for legacy applications has become commoditized between hyperscalers and there's not really a lot of value there. It becomes a pricing discussion, especially when you're comparing it to private cloud. You know, where is the cheapest place to host these applications? And more importantly is, is my data safe? Do I have an SLA? If something goes wrong, 
am I first in the queue because mm. I've got a syndicated platform and there's millions of people that needs to be serviced and where are you in that queue to bring up your application? And who do I call? And who do you call? <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, imagine if you ring a number and they say you are number one million and one in the queue. You know, what does that mean to your business? So those are factors and considerations you need to take into account. So in my opinion, when you're talking legacy, monolithic applications, applications that haven't been written to natively run in the cloud, and we'll talk about what that means, definitely a private cloud option makes sense. Um, it's cost effective. It's typically in the control of the customer from an SLA point of view, and you get all the benefits as I've described with the uptime always on. But more importantly, um, you also need to understand the scalability aspects of what you're getting from a private cloud point of view. So partnering with the right cloud providers in terms of private cloud is also important to make sure that they're mm. agile enough to give you the capabilities to expand and contract when needed. That's a, it's, a, it's such an interesting point, that, for me, because one of the, the terms I re- recently learned from an uh, international Cisco guy was uh, technology religion. So sometimes uh, when I'm a system integrator or a technology provider, I've got my certain religion that, uh, that I uh, put forward and, and I go and say to the customer, well, this is my hyperscaler uh, uh, option to you because it's part of my religion. I, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you about anything else. So I think it's a critical point that you're mentioning there. Most definitely. And coming back to where public cloud fits in, so I mentioned um, commodity services, which is typically infrastructure as a service and platform as a service. We then talk about the highest level of digital transformation, leveraging tech at its best form to drive business outcomes. And this is where blockchain, artificial intelligence, analytics, data-driven insights come into account. There's been massive investments made by the hyperscalers where they've started looking at how do we add direct business value? And that is where the development has predominantly taken place. Hmm. Uh, Leveraging those digital on-demand services from the public cloud providers makes sense. And it's not just one public cloud provider that's going to give you all the answers. Yes, Um, okay. Everybody has a solution that showcases a specific value. I mean, we know specific uh, search engine technology that was used to develop advanced analytics, and that might be something that you would be interested in if it fits your business model. You might go to another cloud provider that says they've got the best blockchain solution, and you'd want a good mix of all of these things to make sense to what you're trying to do. Yes. So, so on that note, um, I actually read a, a statistic in 2019, the Enterprise um, Cloud Survey in South Africa said that about 84% of the South African firms that they polled um, said they're moving out of the uh, public cloud. Um, and out of that, 53% of them said they, they con- continuously were, were over budget. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like you said, I think maybe um, the initial uh, business uh, model or business case they ran underestimated how much it would cost, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, if we now back to my uh, three branch exercise, and I'm going well, I've, I've just started this digital transformation journey uh, as we as we calling it, and you start talking about AI and blockchain. I'm just gonna my eyes are just gonna glaze over. I'm, I'm gonna go. I don't know what you're talking about. How is that relevant to my business today? So I, I hear what you're saying, and and uh, that almost then leads me to 
think that maybe a, a hybrid type model is probably the way to go. There's certain key elements of my business that that I can just have in a in a private cloud, and then, like you say, for all of I'm not going to reinvent the wheel for all of those advanced technology type scenarios or whatever. I can I can maybe rope in some some public cloud infrastructure for that. Most definitely, and I think even the hyperscalers today have acknowledged that hybrid is the way to go and that they don't have the answer and probably the most cost-effective solutions for everything and everybody. And by being able to leverage advanced integration in its most simplistic form, and I use the word advanced and simplistic in the same sentences, (laughs) and that's often in IT two things that you don't want to confuse – But through a software-defined approach that's been developed, uh, customers can easily, by using basic virtualization, um, and there are vendors out there that are leaders in the space uh, that have partnerships with these hyperscalers, interconnect these two worlds, and you can leverage the best of both. Um, So as an example, you spoke about a small business. What could be of importance with most people, they run financial statements uh, periodically, and you probably want that in an automated way, help reduce the bookkeeper's work, reduce the financial accounting, and you could use that through some type of analytics, but plugging that analytics engine in from a public cloud provider probably into something that you're running on-premise, which is an application, and by using the two together, you get a very successful outcome. Okay. 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 I'm 100% with you there. Okay. So on to my next question then. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, when you, when you spoke about, uh, you've used some beautiful terms today. When you spoke about uh, the public cloud promise, uh, originally, I think a lot of, uh, emphasis was laid around the fact that, um, you know, when you, when you have private cloud, uh, you know, your, your own dedicated Tin, if you want to call it that, it's very hard to optimize how, how you're using the resources that's available there. So there's a lot of supposed wastage, and therefore, you know, if you go to to public cloud, um, you can you can mitigate a lot of that. So let's say, for example, um, and for me, I'm convinced that that probably the starting point for any business is probably um, private cloud. And then with some public cloud plugin, how do I know that my servers are being optimally used? Is it is a is difficult, and I don't necessarily always just want to um, depend on on my IT guy, if I can call it that. How do I know that? I think partnering with the right service providers is key. That has the correct tool sets. So tools have evolved um, quite. Uh, astronomically from what it was before and there's AI engines built into these tools to be able to analyze in real time what you are using whether you're using it efficiently um, and that becomes an Mm. important input in terms of understanding your wastage and how you can optimize cost because effectively wastage results in uh, over budgeting and it uh, by being able to understand that you can actually save a lot of money when you go into an optimization phase okay okay last question so my little three branch business um i've now listened to you and i'm convinced uh, i need to go i need to uh, pull the cloud closer where do i start Well, I think a key thing is uh, partnering with somebody that can do a quick analysis of what you've got uh, and present you with some options. The likelihood of moving into a private cloud scenario would be 
the first phase in the journey as you've articulated before and then weighing up the cost and the options uh, service level agreements are key more importantly is where are these facilities uh, that you're putting your equipment into because mm. you find um, there are a lot of people that can promise you a facility cost and a private cloud platform but is it enterprise ready is it always on is it going to be affected by power outages um, what happens if there's a failure? How quickly can people respond? And then thereafter, understanding your business aspirations around what do you want to do from a business point of view to drive specific outcomes? Do you want to become more profitable? Mm. Do you want to increase your wallet share in the market? Do you want to better interact digitally with your end customers? And that's starting to introduce the concepts of these on-demand services. Okay. So it's typically a three-phased approach. I'm simplifying it quite a bit. There's a lot of work. But I think if you follow the, those three phases in a logical form, um, you'll be able to get to an end state that makes sense to the business. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember, you can listen to all episodes on the Cliff Central app or the website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you want to listen. Um, if you're looking for help with your communications tools for your business, uh, make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.